Hello, everyone. This is Sal from Bitcoin Taxes. Welcome to our podcast. Each episode, we speak to an expert with knowledge related to cryptocurrency and blockchain technology. On today's episode, we'll be talking to Connie Gallippi and Matt Metris. We'll be discussing the process of donating cryptocurrencies and how doing so is beneficial from a tax planning perspective. Connie and Matt, thank you guys both so much for being here today. Thank you, Sal. Absolutely. Happy to be here. If you've listened to the podcast before, neither of these guests are strangers. They've both been on the show multiple times, friends of the show, friends of Bitcoin Taxes. But I'll give a little brief intro, and then I'll throw it over to you guys for uh, your own introduction. Um, Connie Gallippi is the founder and executive director at BitGive. Uh, BitGive was established in 2013. We've talked about it many times on the show. It's the first Bitcoin and blockchain technology nonprofit, 501c3. BitGive exists at the intersection of technology and philanthropy. It is a think tank for digital transparency for good, leveraging the efficiency and transparency of cryptocurrency with real projects and results. And Matt, also a friend of the show, is an enrolled agent and founder of MDM Financial Services, which is a boutique tax firm located in Rochester, New York. Uh, He's my geographical buddy since we're both very close (laughs) in New York State. And uh, he specializes in cryptocurrency taxation and accounting. So, uh, Connie, I know I just gave a brief rundown of your pretty awesome career, but if you can give yourself a little um, introduction for the guests that maybe haven't heard of you. Sure. Well, thanks. Yeah. Um, I'd like to think it's a pretty awesome career. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it's great to be here again. Um, I always love being on this uh, podcast. And yeah, so I, I founded BitGive back in 2013. And so now we're at about seven and a half years or more. And our focus has been for, from the beginning to work with nonprofits globally and leverage this technology for nonprofits and for social good on a global scale. Um, and prior to this career, I also had a previous career in the environmental field um, and working with nonprofits as well. So I have about 20 years or more now under my belt in the nonprofit sector. Okay, so you just really love helping people essentially. I do. <laughs> nice. That's yeah. awesome. That's great. Oh, thanks. We need more people like that for sure. We do. Absolutely. <laughs> and, th- and that's kind of what we're here for today. We're going to talk about how it's kind of easy to be a good person and help yourself at the same time. Yes, exactly. And so uh, Matt, again, a friend of the show, really enjoy talking to you. Can you give yourself a little bit of an introduction as well? Sure. Happy to be here. Uh, thanks for the invite again. Love yep. being on the show. Uh, so yeah, I'm an enrolled agent. I work with mostly individuals and small businesses, uh, solve their crypto problems, uh, which usually uh, involves cleaning up messes when uh, they've been not keeping very good track of their records and that sort of thing. So I've been doing this for a while. Uh, I took my very first payment for a cryptocurrency return in Dogecoin, uh, and I'm still holding that. And I think it's worth about $83 right now. Uh, so I'm really going to cash in on that one someday. Uh, and a little known fact, prior to this career, I actually used to work in the nonprofit uh, area myself. I worked with a charity that um, collected uh, used clothing uh, and, and stuff like that. So uh, glad to be part of this episode in particular. Well, I did not know that. And that is uh, perfect. Yeah, that's great. Two really good people in the space. Uh, and I got you guys both here today to talk about how to be good people. So that's awesome. <laughs> great. All right. So Connie, recently you had a conference, um, which I attended for about half the day. It was a virtual conference, obviously everything going on with coronavirus. So it was BitGive's first conference. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I thought it was really cool and um, people can still go see the videos. So uh, if you could talk a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. So I'm really glad you were able to join us. 
Um, and yes, it was the first um, conference that we've ever put together and we called it the DeFi, um, P-H-I for philanthropy, uh, Crypto for Good Conference. Great, great because- name. <laughs> I love a good pun. Yes, yeah, for sure. Been on the DeFi uh, trends these days. Um, yeah. So yeah, and we, um, we brought together leaders from all over the world. And, um, you know, of course I'm biased, but I've been in the space for a long time and I feel like we had the creme de la creme of people across the globe focused on nonprofit philanthropy and social impact projects using cryptocurrency and blockchain. So it was also the first event that ever focused on just that theme within the industry. So we were really um, excited to be the hosts for that full, full day focusing on social impact and philanthropy. Um, and we actually had some really, we had, I mean, I, as mentioned, like we had the creme de la creme. Mm-hmm. We also had some keynotes that um, we were really excited to have. One was uh, Dan Pallotta, who's a very well-known author and activist and um, TED Talk speaker in the nonprofit space. And he has a really, really amazing message that I think everyone should hear. Um, we also had Bernard Kowatch from the World Food Program, and they just um, were awarded the 2020 Nobel Peace Prize. So we were like wow. really excited to have them. Um, and then we also had Jordan Kruger from Vesper, which is a new product coming out of Block. Um, and they were our lead sponsor as well. So in addition to many, many other speakers and um, supporters of the event, we had, I, I encourage people to go look at, like you said, the videos um, we have, everything up on YouTube now. So you can actually see all these talks and panels and it's a really amazing like all-star lineup. Yeah, you know, I saw the Dan Pallotta interview that you guys had like a fireside chat, you and him, with the, with the fireside Zoom background too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And uh, I watched that and what he said was really interesting. He said, nonprofits need to start being more aggressive. They can't feel bad about asking for help because they're literally helping people. And so you should not feel bad about asking others for money because you're doing it to help other people. So I thought that was a really interesting point that he had made. Yeah, exactly. And and he's, he actually wrote a whole book on this. It's called Uncharitable about sort of the entire um, institutionalized beliefs behind charity and where they came from and why um, we have these sort of broken ideas about how they should have low overhead and low cost, but yet still be somehow working miracles and changing the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's a really, really critical uh, message that I think everyone should hear. And his TED talk is only like 20 minutes. It's the best 20 minutes I think anybody could spend to understand the nonprofit sector and, and why we, we keep chipping away at issues and we don't res- like get to the results we're looking for. Um, his message gets to the bottom of why. It's, uh, you know, a really interesting concept because we, like Connie said, we have this mentality that people who are working for nonprofit organizations should be basically working for free. Mm -hmm. And we don't want to pay talent who can do the fundraising, you know, what they're worth or what they could be making in the private sector. And as a result, you know, the, the charity brings in less money than it could have otherwise. That's a, that's a great point. Honestly, that, I mean, if you are talented and you have a talent, you would expect that if somebody wanted to utilize your skill set, they would offer you an adequate wage to utilize that skill set because it's going to end up helping other people. So I think that's a really great uh, point, Matt. Yeah. It's really important to think about like 
Dan goes into sort of all the details, but all the different ways that we essentially put charities at an extreme disadvantage and expect them to somehow still accomplish their goals. Um, and it's, you know, it's a lot of different things, but it's mostly mentality. Do you think that there are a lot of people that are looking to donate their crypto? I mean, today we're here to talk about the benefits of donating your crypto and how you can donate your crypto and how it can benefit you and adoption. And, you know, we've talked about it multiple times, but do you think that that mindset, that donation mindset, that charitable mindset exists in the crypto space? Is it increasing? Do you notice any trends, Connie? Yeah, I think um, it's kind of been part of this, you know, space as it's grown and evolved um, since early on, really. I mean, we're the pioneers in this space, but there were other sort of um, ways that nonprofits were adopting Bitcoin and, and things like that early on as well. And, you know, it, it captures sometimes, it captures the attention of the press. Um, and so people within the industry who are looking for a way to capture the attention of the press and, and the mainstream audience, in addition to you know, trying to counterbalance the unfortunate um, perspective sometimes on cryptocurrency, especially early on around, you know, crime and fraud and Silk Road and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, they love to talk about how you can donate to charity in crypto. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I would say that, you know, it's more um, from a broad base perspective across the entire sort of audience and industry. I would say it's more about that, about being able to say um, that it's an option or to be able to point to something versus a, a broadly accepted action that most people are taking, um, which is unfortunate, but there is a subset within the industry that really from the early days and, and some new people as well that have always supported this particular use case of the technology. Um, and they really understand the value of it and have been willing to invest in it make donations, partner with us, all kinds of things. So there is a subset, but I would say that we could do a lot better to engage the, the larger, broader audience within the industry, but it's, it's definitely challenging to capture a, a global sort of decentralized audience. <laughs> yeah, so we need more popular culture showing crypto being used for donating, which is probably less exciting than it's currently in pop culture. Um, my mom called me the other day and she was like, oh, they were talking about Bitcoin on some TV show. And I was like, oh, really? What was it about? And she was like, oh, this was some cyber terrorist took over a plane. And I was like, what does that have to do with cryptocurrency? And she was like, well, they wanted Bitcoin to um, ransom the plane. I'm like, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. But uh, I was like, Bitcoin mom, is for Lambos only. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. So I get what you're saying though. I mean, I bring that up because it really is still in um, the mainstream mind is used for illicit activities. And the last thing probably a lot of people in the mainstream are thinking about in terms of crypto is donating. And there's got to be a way to change that mindset. And pop culture is one of those uh, ways to change that mindset, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And tax benefits. <laughs> yeah. Especially like in a year like this, where we're seeing this price spike again, like we've only seen once before. And yeah when we saw it the first time, no one saw it coming. It was completely unexpected. It happened really fast and it happened right at the end of the year. So no one was prepared. Very few people were prepared 
for the tax implications of that. Um, whereas this time, you know, we have first a broader um, industry and larger industries three years later, um, but we also have that experience to work from. So people understand, you know, if they got stuck that time last, you know, three years ago with a huge tax bill, they're probably a lot more aware now of how to do things differently. So we assume, and this is a great segue, we do assume that people are more prepared. Matt, I want to go to you. Can you give us just a basic rundown on, on what it means if somebody is having cryptocurrency gains right now? What does that mean for them and for their taxes? Sure. So that's uh, going to be whatever the, the value is, the capital gain is, is the net profit. So if you bought a Bitcoin uh, you know, last year when it was down around $3,000 uh, and you sell it now in December, at 19,000, you're going to have a $16,000 capital gain on that particular Bitcoin. Uh, and that's an oversimplification. But also what catches a lot of people off guard is when you start getting into different altcoins or DeFi scenarios where you buy Bitcoin or Ethereum to start with, but your ultimate goal is another cryptocurrency, those are considered sales in the eyes of the IRS. Uh, so it catches people by surprise. And that's what happened to a lot of people in 2017 is they had bought their Bitcoin that had appreciated. And then they swapped it for uh, different altcoins and had that paper gain for their Bitcoin. And then subsequently in 2018, when the market crashed and their tax bill came due, they didn't even have enough money to pay for the paper gains that they don't have anymore. And because every tax year is unique in the eyes of the IRS, they couldn't take those losses from 18 and sort of flow them back to 17. It doesn't work that way. Um, so that's, that's it in a nutshell, basically. And I appreciate you sharing that because the three of us here have been in the industry for a while. And so that's kind of just common knowledge for us. But I do deal with a lot of people that are still even shocked that trading one crypto for another can incur capital gains and is a taxable transaction, essentially. It's nice to just have a refresher course here um, so that people do understand that. Yeah. And that is pretty that's settled in stone at this point. You know, we went back in our time machine in 2017 and went on YouTube or Reddit there were tons of bad tax advice floating around out there about coin to coin transfers and whether or not they qualified for a special provision under section 1031 to defer the gains and, and all of this stuff. The, the short answer is the IRS has clearly stated if you sell a coin for another coin, uh, it's a taxable event and you need to report it. Yeah, definitely don't miss dealing with all those like kind calculations. Seriously. <laughs> Connie, I have a question for you. Are, are the organizations that are taking uh, cryptocurrency, are they only taking that or are they also assume, presumably take fiat as well? And, and the ones that are doing crypto, are they doing just Bitcoin and Ether or do they take a wide variety of, of different cryptocurrencies? That's a great question. Yeah, so pretty much all nonprofits that I'm aware of will take anything you want to give them for the most part. <laughs> so they, you know, most of them are much more comfortable with and used to like, typical, you know, the typical mainstream ways of donating like um, checks and PayPal and stuff like that. Um, there's a subset now of nonprofits that have been more open to cryptocurrency and some who embraced it really early on that, you know, was just amazing. Like our first partners, um, like Save the Children and the Water Project, um, very, very early adopters, like 2013, 2014. <laughs> um, but for the most part, it's still kind of a, an onboarding process of getting nonprofits to, to take cryptocurrency. 
Um, but if they do, a lot of them are now um, taking multiple coins and largely because the industry has developed tools that allow them to do that more easily. So like if you look at um, like BitPay has been one of the longer standing um, companies in the space, but also serving nonprofits since day one. And they've added lots of different um, coins to their payment processing mechanisms. So it makes it a lot easier. You just plug in their mechanism and it allows you to receive all kinds of different coins. Um, but you can also turn them off. Like if you don't want certain ones or it's too much, like, cause they are starting to add more and more with like stable coins and all this stuff. A lot of nonprofits are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like what is all this, you know? So you can choose which ones you want to take. Um, so it's kind of, it's kind of across the board, but I would say most, almost all take Bitcoin and probably Ethereum. Um, and then from there, it sort of varies. Are they transacting in these coins? Do they hold them or are they just liquidating them for dollars? <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> so almost all are automatically converting into fiat. Um, but there are some exceptions and us being one of them. And I think the Internet Archive is another where we actually, you know, for us, it's baked into who we are and our mission and everything. So we hold in cryptocurrency and we always have. And we actually do the opposite of like, you know, we prefer crypto, but when we have to, we do fiat, you know. Um, and the Internet Archive early on embraced the idea of holding and seeing what would happen with crypto. Um, but there's also another side of this, which is that for us, we, I think, distinguish ourselves in first in that way that we actually hold in crypto, but also that we're actually leveraging the technology, right? Because when you just immediately convert into fiat, you're not using the technology really at all. You're, as a nonprofit, maybe opening the door to another avenue of donations or another audience, but you're not using the tech or leveraging its benefits at all, really. So our approach has always been about leveraging the tech itself. And as the pioneer in the space, we feel like that's also our role to continue to do that and push, push the edge on that. So our platform that we built that now has, um, I think, 20 different NGOs on it um, is all about converting into crypto if the donation wasn't made in crypto, holding it in Bitcoin, and then using the blockchain to transfer funds faster and cheaper and more securely, and then also being more transparent. So we have a whole visualization of the blockchain um, flow of funds to be transparent about what happened to the donations. I love the transparency aspect where the donor can see this is where my funds went ultimately. Uh, and it's right there on the blockchain for anybody to look at. I think that's awesome. Yeah. And it's, you know, you can't do that if you convert directly into fiat immediately. Right. I mean, then it's like what I call sort of status quo of like, well, how, how are you changing things through this technology? You're not, the donor still has no idea what happened to their funding. Yeah, I think that was one of the really interesting things when I first learned about Connie and, and the organization and BitGive. Um, that was one of the, the things that really stuck out to me was how you can kind of track 
exactly where your donations are going. And you guys have a really nice way. You guys recently updated your website. So there's a, a nice visualization of that going on on the website. Um, so I think that's really cool as well. Um, what you're doing should give you some real credit in the cryptocurrency space. And whenever I talk about you guys, that's something I always bring up. I always say, you know, those kind of three tenets of what you guys are doing, which is helping others, helping cryptocurrency adoption. And then since we're a tax-based kind of podcast, I always talk about, you know, the tax benefits of doing so, but you really are helping cryptocurrency adoption. And do you feel that from the community? Do you feel, are you getting the credit you deserve? I guess (laughs) probably a hard question to answer, but. Well, I, I mean, I really appreciate it because you're, you're like our, our biggest fan. We have to start like, uh, like paying you because you're so good at it. <laughs> no, I think it's great because you really get it. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a tough one. I, I think in some circles, people really understand it. Um, and it's mostly people who want to see this technology making a difference in the world. It's not necessarily the people who are really focused on you know, holding and trading and pump and dumps and all of that other stuff mm-hmm. because their minds are about making money mm-hmm. and they don't necessarily, most of them, I don't think even necessarily think about the fact that if they want to make money off of these coins and tokens and all this stuff, that they actually need to invest in the technology behind those coins and tokens. For sure. Um, and otherwise what is what kind of investment will they have in the end right or pay off on that investment so it's a challenge because the majority of the industry um or people within you know the crypto space are much more involved in it for making money and trading yes you're right and there's people that are in it for making money and there's people that are in it for the technology but I think then what we're here for today is to get into the group of people that are in it for the money we're trying to you know, speak to everybody, but we're also trying to talk to them and let them know, listen, even if charity is not on your mind, right? You don't have to be the most charitable person to understand that you can save some serious money by donating cryptocurrency. And and so that's what we're here to talk about today. And we've talked about it a few times, but I think if we can really get that into the heads of people, then we're going to start seeing more donations. And so I want to go to that. I want to move to that. So give me a, a basic rundown, Connie, if you could, about the benefits of donating cryptocurrency. Yeah. So like you mentioned, I mean, it's not just about doing good because a lot of people don't think of that first. It's actually about, you know, saving money, getting a tax break, and at the same time helping others, right? So if you, if you first want to approach it of like, I want to save money or I don't want to give a bunch of money to Uncle Sam, to the government, um, there's ways to, to avoid doing that and still be in compliance and also help people, which I think is amazing. So it's like, well, why, why would you want to give your money to the government or to Uncle Sam when you can give it to nonprofits who are doing really important work in the world? Um, and, you know, especially right now with COVID, there's so much need. I mean, not just for response of COVID, but nonprofits are struggling immensely with this economy, you know, and everything being closed down. They don't, they're not able to fundraise. They're not able to do events. Um, so it's a, a very difficult time for the nonprofit sector. Uh, so it's a way to, to really, you know, save money a, as a person from a personal finance perspective and also give back at the same time. Um, so there's, but one of the points I always try to make with a several is that 
first of all, it's extremely important that people look at their tax liability now before the end of the year, because you have to make any donations or adjustments prior to the end of the tax year in order for them to count. So you can't think about it in April. And that's what a lot of people who were faced with in 2018, they started looking at their taxes and realizing, oh my God, and it was too late to do anything about it. Um, so that's one really important point about timing. And then the other is that, um, you know, people uh, don't fully understand that they have to donate in crypto to get the maximum benefits. You don't have to do, you know, you can sell it if you want first, but you're not going to get the tax benefit if you do that. Right, because you, you still have the gain. If you, if you sell it, you're going to get the gain. You're going to have that burden of the gain. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, you know, maybe we're more, more knowledgeable and sophisticated now, but I know for many years people did not understand that. Um, so they were losing the majority of the benefit by doing that. Um, so those are two really important pieces, I think. Um, and another is, you know, if, if people aren't as familiar with the nonprofit space, they can be um, misled or, and it may not be intentional, but not all nonprofits can offer a tax benefit. So you have to be careful and knowledgeable about who you're giving to and do your homework and research and make sure that they're the type of nonprofit that can offer a tax benefit, um, which is mainly only a C3. Um, if they're a C4 or a C6, um, well, I'm not sure about C4s, but definitely C6 can't offer that. Political organizations can't offer that. Um, and you have to maintain your, your tax exempt status. And a lot of times nonprofits let them lapse or they get revoked. Um, so if it's not a current tax exempt status, it's not going to give you the benefit that you think it's giving you. So I know I'm kind of hitting a lot of points, but there's a really important things here to make sure people know, you know, to do it properly, to get the right benefit. Before I go to you, Matt, I want to say last episode, we talked about this. I brought the DeFi conference up and we talked a little bit about um, the benefits of, of donating crypto. And I mentioned you guys, and it was either Zach Ziliak or Andrew Gordon that we had on the show. And they said a quote, they said, let's do a hypothetical. You bought Bitcoin at $1,000. Today, it's worth $18,000. That was like three weeks ago when it was only $18,000. Now it's even more. Um, and, and they said, you donate it to BitGive. You'll get an itemized deduction on your tax return of $18,000. That's huge. So Matt, I guess I want you to speak to that and just give us a little bit more of a sophisticated kind of tax version of all of this. Sure. And there's a couple, there's a couple caveats there too, Sal. Uh, and I can't emphasize enough what Connie said, that you've got to do these things before the end of the calendar year. So many times clients will come to us and say, what can you do to lower my taxes when it's March or April? Not a lot. Uh, you have to make these moves in the calendar year for them to count uh, and be useful. But it's also important that you're donating, if possible, long-term holdings, because there's a difference in the treatment between a short-term hold and a long-term hold. So it's a long-term is anything that's been held for one year plus one day, so anything more than a year. And those are where you're gonna get that $18,000. So when you donate a, a long-term held appreciated asset, which means you bought it for less than it's currently worth, you get to deduct the fair market value. Uh, but if you've only held it for a month or two, you get the lesser of the fair market value or your basis. So you know, hypothetically, if you bought Bitcoin two months ago for $1,000, I know that's not possible, but um, if you did, 
uh, and you've only held it for two months and you donate that Bitcoin for $18,000, you only get a $2,000 deduction. So that's the first uh, catch to that. Uh, the second catch is that you have to be able to itemize for that deduction to be really worth anything on your return with one important caveat that's specific to 2020. And I guess I'll cover that first. So the CARES Act, which I'm sure we're all familiar with because we've been hearing about it nonstop for the last nine months, uh, added a $300 above the line charitable deduction, which means anybody who files a tax return and donates up to $300 can take that deduction without itemizing. And that's a big win for anybody who's like, oh, I'm not gonna bother donating to charity because I'm not gonna get the deduction for it. Anymore. Not that that's the right mentality to take about that, but you know, it does sway some people. Otherwise, you need to be able to itemize to get to a point where the deduction is helpful. And so when you're filing your tax return, you have two options. You can take itemized deductions or you can take the standard deduction. Uh, and the standard deduction is $12,200 this year for single, $24,400 for married. Uh, it might have actually gone up a little bit. Those are last year's numbers. So if you don't have enough itemized deductions to beat those numbers, it's more beneficial for you to take the standard and it really doesn't matter what you donate to charity. Uh, and so other itemized deductions include things like your state and local income taxes, property tax, mortgage interest, uh, and to a certain extent, um, medical expenses if they meet a certain threshold. One of the things the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017 did was eliminate some common itemized deductions that a lot of people were taking, but it also doubled the standard deduction and also increased or implemented a cap for state and local income taxes, which made it harder for people to reach that threshold. So I would say, you know, here in New York, we're a high property tax state, and of my clients who were itemizing in 2017, probably only about 10 to 15 percent of them are still itemizing in 2018 and beyond. So it is a really high bar to meet uh, to realize that tax benefit. But I guess if you're if you're somebody that's holding Bitcoin from a while back, you could meet it fairly easily with a, with if you had a couple of Bitcoin, right? Oh, sure. Absolutely. You, if, you, if you give away a Bitcoin, you're most of the way there. Yeah, that's pretty huge. I mean, that, and there are people that, that are still holding their Bitcoin from a while ago. And so, yeah, they could sell it and they could make $18,000 on it. But then they also have to pay, if they paid $1,000, they have to pay taxes on that $17,000 gain, or they could donate it and get $18,000 worth of a deduction on their taxes, which could benefit them greatly. Yeah, and even if you don't qualify for the deduction, you're still coming out ahead if you if you wanted to liquidate that Bitcoin, right? So say you had your Bitcoin, you bought it at a thousand, and we're selling for eighteen. So you have a seventeen thousand dollar capital gain, uh, and I want to donate the eighteen thousand dollars to charity. So if I took the cash out of my pocket, I could donate the eighteen thousand, uh, and then sell the Bitcoin for myself for cash, and realize that gain of seventeen thousand and pay taxes on that. But by donating the Bitcoin directly, I just keep that 18 grand right in my pocket or in my bank account uh, and still am liquidating the Bitcoin and avoiding the tax. So even if you don't get the extra deduction on Schedule A, you are still bypassing the capital gains tax that you would have gotten otherwise if you sold the asset and donated the money. But that yeah. last point that Matt just made is really key. It's like you can offset any sort of tax liability by donating you know, you can have tax liability somewhere else, but if you have the, the Bitcoin to give, it will offset other tax liabilities as well. Right. So it's very clear that there are benefits to 
donating crypto. I mean, there's the taxable benefits like we talked about. There are the benefits to increasing adoption, which as you mentioned earlier, Connie, if you really want to profit from cryptocurrency, we need to increase adoption. And increasing adoption isn't just getting all of the pizza huts in the world to accept Bitcoin, which I think has recently happened. It's also increasing adoption in other ways. And we talked about kind of infiltrating even pop culture, whereas pop culture, they think of Bitcoin, they still think of Silk Road stuff, you know, and illicit activities. In reality, we need to really show what the power of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency is and how it's so beneficial for helping others. And so by donating, you're doing that. You're showing how, you know, brag about it if you want. This is the world we live in, right? Like in, in a perfect world, you would donate to somebody and you don't say anything about it. You just do it. You don't do it for the praise. But that's not the world we live in. We live in the world of social media where if you donate something, go ahead and brag about it. Everybody else is doing it. You might as well reap in that social media reward, right? Absolutely. And you don't <laughs> have to tell people how much you donated. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's like just encourage people to do it. And, you know, if you want to share and get the, the, the kudos, I mean. Yeah. Right. And yeah, and it, you made me think of um, the pineapple fund, which was like, you know, came out of the, the last price spike where we were, I was mentioning earlier, you know, at the, at the end of the year, it went up from like, I want to say it was like 10 or nine, I don't even remember, all the way to 20 in less than a month, I think it was insane. And the pineapple fund, whoever is behind that, nobody still knows they were definitely tuned into the tax issue because they were on it immediately, right? Because you had to really understand that you, you know, that you have a tax liability and what to do about it quickly um, before the end of the year. And they started the pineapple fund and they started giving out millions and millions of dollars to charities in Bitcoin. Um, and they said, you know, they pretty much overnight became like a billionaire and had more money than they, ever knew what to do with so why not yeah. give, give it away and i'm sure they also you know benefited greatly from the tax benefits of that so you know we could have we could have another pineapple fund maybe pine himself or herself will come back or you know other people may be in that position this time around um and it's really amazing like to go back to your point it's amazing press for <laughs> cryptocurrency i mean i had BBC calling me to talk to me about the pineapple fund, you know, so, (laughs) you know, we want positive stories and we want investment in the space and in this tech and in crypto, um, doing, you know, big things like that caps captures the attention of the press and the public a lot. I think there are people that are investing in in the DeFi space and then having this like sudden boost of wealth. So I think they would benefit from, this conversation that we're having right now. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think a lot of them aren't thinking about this or paying a whole lot of attention. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I know they certainly weren't in 2017, um, but that also that whole price spike and then the fact that the IRS wasn't on top of it and they saw what happened, they now, you know, it's like sleeping giant, right? right, Is awake now and paying Mm -hmm. Attention. <laughs> so that yeah, Matt, one... Matt could probably speak to that actually because the ten the ten forty form right it's it's front and center on ten forty now that you have yeah to pay taxes. 
they are very, very much paying attention right now. And then we've seen that last in the 2019 return, we had that question on schedule one that asked uh, about virtual currency. Uh, and now they've moved it right under your name and address on the 1040. So there's no way you can avoid it. It's right there after you put your name in. Uh, and they want to know about it. And really what that is, is they're not going to go cross-reference every single uh, return, you know, if you held it. But that's, that's a, a gotcha question for later. If you get audited, and you didn't disclose your virtual currency. You've now committed perjury on your tax form, uh, and perjury is a big deal. So, they, <laughs> it, you know, they, they, the IRS Criminal Enforcement Division is really, really putting a lot of effort into um, the crypto space. They, they had a big win with Silk Road, and and they want to make an example of more things like that, where people are not using crypto the right way. And, and as we've talked about, that's not the the image, you know, we as people who are legitimately using cryptocurrency want to portray and we kind of have to counteract that negative criminal underworld uh, image that mainstream media is using for crypto. But the, the IRS is really uh, looking to make an example out of some people uh, and get everybody else voluntarily compliant while they still can. Right. So if you're listening, which again, this is like a message I used to preach all the time on this podcast, but if you're listening, there's no avoiding paying your crypto taxes. I mean, I have a feeling most people that are listening to this kind of understand that, but there's certainly still people in the crypto space that do think that they're going to be able to avoid paying their crypto taxes. But like Connie said, it's a sleeping giant that is very awake now and they're ready to take their money and they're going to take their money. And you have to pay them their money, or you can you can avoid some of it by donating uh, your cryptocurrency, as we mentioned. So if you don't love the IRS, which most people don't, then really stick it to them by donating your cryptocurrency, <laughs> right? Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I love it. yeah. And, and like Connie said, why let Uncle Sam have your money when you can do good with it? Uh, <laughs> Yeah. And there's, there's plenty of, so let's talk about um, the many different organizations that you guys have supported over um, at BitGive, Connie, because I know you guys had the COVID relief fund, which was awesome. Um, and talk a little bit about some of the um, organizations that you guys are working with right now. Oh yeah. I love, this is my favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, so we just closed the COVID relief fund, I think last month and distributed the funds to the beneficiaries. And the, that was direct relief. Um, so mainly for medical workers and PPE, um, uh, give directly, which was for vulnerable populations, both in the U S and Africa. And then the third was one fair wage emergency fund, and they set up a specific fund for um, hourly uh, and wage workers and service um, industry workers. So that was amazing that we were able to do that. I was that was like, I mean, COVID is still going and yeah. really unfortunate. So we we were happy to be able to do our small part. Um, we sent about five thousand. Mostly, well, two of the three we sent in, in Bitcoin, but it was about 5,000 worth um, in Bitcoin. And then one we had to convert first and, and send them fiat. But, and we were talking about our platform is called GiveTrack and how it visualizes all this. You can actually go and see that. You can see who donated to the emergency fund. And then you can see the transactions that came out of the fund and went directly in Bitcoin to the nonprofit beneficiaries and one that was an exchange. So you can actually see all of this happening. Um, and then um, we have two new projects that we just launched, uh, one with Black Girls Code, 
So we're super, super excited about that. Um, they're raising money for computers um, for their girls, of course, in their classes, but they're going to be doing cryptocurrency uh, curriculum. So we, we're like super excited about that. And just supporting girls in STEM um, in general is awesome. And the other one is Heifer International. And they're a huge organization. They've been around for 75 years. And we're um, helping them raise funds for uh, farm equipment that can be loaned out. So, you know, small community farmers that aren't able to afford the expensive tractors and equipment um, can actually loan them from Heifer and prepare their fields and things and then um, give them back and someone else can use it. Mm -hmm. So we're really excited about that as well. And then we, we have two other programs still running that are COVID relief funds. Um, one is with Save the Children Mexico. It is supporting Mexican families uh, with hygiene and uh, hunger kits. And then the second is Wild Tomorrow Fund, which is in South Africa and is um, also doing hunger relief. So it's really a wildlife nonprofit, but given the you know, conditions and situation with COVID, they're helping actually hunger relief with their, the communities surrounding their wildlife preserve. Yeah. And these are all really necessary. So thank you for doing that because I mean, we, we talk about COVID obviously it affects everybody, but it does affect other people disproportionately. Oftentimes we'll complain about, you know, Oh, we have to, we're stuck in our houses, but let's be grateful that we have a house to be stuck in. Right. Like, because a lot of people don't have either a, a roof to live under or they're, they're dealing with their own issues prior to COVID, dealing with very serious issues prior to COVID, and then throwing the COVID into the mix, it's, it's like, man, we need people to help those people. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, these are like basic human needs and basic survival, in addition to then trying to fight COVID issues and economy and everything else. So very serious stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Connie, while you were just talking, I was taking a look at the, the GiveTrack website for the first time, and this is a really impressive display of how the funds are moving around. I was looking at a, a particular project uh, about Afghan Girls Code uh, that was funded in 2018. You can see the donors, you can see it, you click on it and it takes you right to the blockchain transactions. You can see where the money went to the project's wallet and then what they did with it. Um, and, and it's just really amazing to look at this. I can click right on it and get the transaction ID and the hash and all of the wallets involved. And it's so transparent and this is I, I mean, this is honestly revolutionary for charity. I think you guys need to shout this from the rooftops. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that, that's, I mean, we're, of course we're biased, but we feel the same. And we, we, it's, it is truly unprecedented, the amount of transparency that, you know, we're offering with our, our platform. Um, so I, I really appreciate you're looking at it and seeing that and appreciating that and, um, hopefully this podcast and, and you guys can help us get the, the word out more and more. Um, that's the hard, that's the hard part, you know, with a global audience, it's hard to get in front of everybody. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, if somebody's listening and you can't donate, just share the word, right? Like share that you heard of this and that it's possible and, and share the link to, to BitGive and GiveTrack and you don't have to donate your crypto if you don't have any crypto to donate, but you can help in other ways. And, and spreading the word is one of those ways you can help. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, now that you mentioned that, like we have a new brand new feature on GiveTrack that you don't have to have crypto to use it. So we just integrated with Wire 
and it allows for donors to use a credit card or a debit card or um, even Apple Pay to make a donation on GiveTrack and then it's automatically converted into Bitcoin um, and sent to the charity's Bitcoin wallet. So from that point forward, you still have the experience of um, blockchain and transparency and all the efficiencies that the nonprofit's going to experience from um, having the funds in, in crypto. Yeah, that's awesome. Because again, that speaks to your guys' devotion to cryptocurrency. The fact that you're taking the donation in fiat and then actually converting it to a cryptocurrency. That's amazing. Exactly. It's like, it's the exact opposite of what almost everyone else is doing of just, yeah, sure. We'll take your weird crypto, but we're just going to (laughs) convert it right away because we want money. Right. And what we're doing is actually trying to demonstrate what's possible with the tech and that requires using the technology itself. (laughs) Yep. Amazing. All right. So thank you guys both so much for sharing all of this, having this conversation. I really hope it helps to increase the amount of people that are donating crypto. Um, Since it is December and it is the holiday season, I want to go to each of you and ask you for just a brief wish list of things you want to see in the industry, in the space, or things that you're hoping to see um, change in the space. And and Matt, I'm going to start with you. All right. I'm asking Santa for two things. Um, uh, A stimulus bill, that's a big with wish list uh, that has a provision to increase this above the line charitable deduction. I think uh, this year in particular, we really, really need to be funding money to nonprofits and this is a good tax incentive to do it. Uh, second giant wish list is more comprehensive cryptocurrency guidance. We're always waiting, uh, it seems like, for the IRS to catch up uh, as we go into things like DeFi and yield farming and stuff like that. The, the guidance uh, is not there yet, and it's going to cause a lot of people to take bad tax positions that they're going to uh, have to fix later on. Yeah, great. Those are excellent. And I agree with you 100%. Uh, Connie, how about you? Okay, well, this is a fun exercise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think one thing would be industry-wide, you know, something that we touched on a few times is that I'd love to see the industry Um, dive more into investing in real use cases and demonstrations of the tech itself and start to broaden, you know, interest and investment beyond trading and hodling and, um, you know, sitting on exchanges all day and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, as part of that, you know, to support nonprofits in the space, I mean, there are a lot of nonprofits that are, you know, acknowledging crypto, at least from the this, this standpoint of just at least taking crypto donations, which I call the gateway. We want to encourage them. Um, and we also want to really encourage and support the nonprofits that are embracing the tech even more, like the, the nonprofits that are on our platform who are agreeing to, you know, hold in crypto, convert fiat into crypto, Um, and actually use the tech itself and really embracing transparency. Um, So I think those two things would be great. And then of course I have to say for BitGive (laughs) um, that we actually have a lot of um, ideas and plans to build out GiveTrack even more as well as to scale it globally. So we would love to have everyone's support in that as well, which means supporting BitGive and allowing us to grow. Okay, great. Those are exceptional um, items on both of your guys' wish list. And I'll say mine briefly. I hope that some of these big companies that we're hearing about that are investing in crypto, I hope they start donating crypto because they have a ton of it. And so I think they should start donating it. 
I love that. That would be amazing. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. Yeah. That would be great. All right, great. Thank you guys both so much. And I'm going to um, ask you guys to share your social medias. We'll, we'll have it on the um, blog post as well, but just share whatever you want to share for getting in touch with you and um, finding out more about either your organization or your business. Um, Connie, I'll start with you. Sure. So we have uh, two websites. Um, BitGive's website is bitgivefoundation.org and then GiveTrack, which Matt was just checking out where you can see transparent donations with charities is givetrack.org. And then we have, um, we're on Twitter at bitgiveorg. We're on Facebook. Um, we're on LinkedIn. And more recently with our event, we started really bolstering our YouTube account. And we have a whole series of brand new uh, videos of each session from our event. So if you look us up on YouTube, you'll find um, that as well as a playlist of all of our NGOs. We have videos from all of our NGO partners. Awesome. Great. Yeah, we'll, we'll link those. Uh, Matt, how about you? Uh, my website is bitcointaxes.me. Uh, no relation. Uh, <laughs> I think I think there is now a relation. Now that yeah, we're that's such true. Good, now that we're such good friends, when I, I think we can officially domain, say <laughs> <laughs> it, it, there was no relation. But yeah, uh, <laughs> bitcointaxes.me, and that has all my contacts and social. Uh, you'll find me on Twitter and on Reddit a lot, probably more than I should be. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Those are the best places to interact with me or just shoot me an email. It's, part, it's part, of the, part of the job, social media, man. Market research. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. All right, great. Well, thank you both so much for being here. And thank you both so much for being uh, great people. I appreciate that. Thanks thank for having you. me. No problem. You're amongst us as oh. a really great person. So. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Music and Spotify or wherever you're listening to the podcast. And don't forget, you can go to talk.bitcoin.tax to get all of the links of everything that we talked about today.